0: Our scripture this morning comes from the book of 1 John, chapter 4, verses 1-19. through Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world, and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them but we are from God and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, ought to love one another no one has ever seen god but if we love one another god lives in us and his love is made complete in us this is how we know that we live in him and he in us he has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world if anyone acknowledges that jesus is the Son of God. God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Lord, thank you for your word that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path.
1: Thank you, Brian. Hey, everybody. You know, I want to give a shout-out to uh, all of you who came in person, especially those for whom it was really hard. Uh, You know, I know some of you, uh, you deal with pain every day, and it is hard to get your body going in the morning, but you made it. You did it. And some of you face the challenge of, of getting all your little ones out the door and in the car and sometimes by yourself, and you did it. Way to go. And I want to give a shout out to all of you who are worshiping online right now. Maybe you are sick, or you're traveling this weekend, or you have to work today. Or maybe your health doesn't, doesn't allow you to get out anymore. I want you to know that you are an important part of this faith family. And, you know, based on the number of views that we get every week, we figure we still average more people worshiping in, online than in person. Did you know that? including my mom, who watches every Sunday afternoon. Hi, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) And just so you know, uh, I'm wearing a mask today, except when I'm up here, and I'm keeping my distance uh, because I've had a significant exposure to COVID. Uh, And, uh, you know, Trish and I tested uh, early this morning. We we were still tested negative. But, you know, just in case I want to protect you, and one more thing. Alan talked about the, the session tomorrow at six o'clock of uh, uh, reconciliation and healing. And uh, this is so important to our faith family. And, and you can I hope you'll all attend one, but even attend more than one, because healing is not an event, right? It is a process. And as we pursue this process, I believe God will give us greater unity. You know, we've decided that we're going to stay United Methodist, and you can count on me to fully support that decision and faithfully serve as a United Methodist pastor. Now, I'd like us to join all together in this classic prayer to the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come as the fire and burn. Come as the wind and cleanse. Come as the light and reveal. Show me my sin. Turn me around. Set me apart until I am wholly yours. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, just for fun, recently I uh, watched a video on YouTube that lays out the flat earth theory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know this, but they claim that Antarctica is not a continent on the southern pole. Uh, they say it is a ring of rock and ice around the outer edge of the earth disk. And it has an uh, added benefit of keeping the ocean water from spilling out. There you go. You know, you, you can hunt online. I did this. and You can find all kinds of, of stuff. Uh, you know, one of the crazier theories that I found is that some people believe that Finland is a fictional landmass. Uh, they say the idea was concocted by uh, Japan and Russia uh, to secure fishing rights in the Baltic Sea. According to this theory, uh, the people who live in fake Finland are actually Swedes, Estonians, and Russians. Now, as you know, the internet contains every kooky theory that's ever been created, it's all out there for your consumption. So be careful where you get your ideas, and that is just as true on matters of faith as it is in geography. Today we're continuing our series based on the first letter of John in the Bible. It's called, If We Walk in the Light, and that is a quote from 1 John 1, verse 7, which says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, purifies us from all sin. And today's title, God is Love, is a quote from two verses in chapter 4. So let's open our Bibles. Let's turn to chapter 4. You're here in the building. You've got a Bible in front of you. And uh, if you're at home, I hope you'll grab a Bible and follow along. And if you do not own a Bible that you can read at home, let us know. Uh, If you're here in the building, ask somebody with a name tag. We can get you a Bible and put it in your hand before you leave. Uh, If you're online, ask your your worship host uh, or contact us in some other way. We'd love to give you a Bible. Now, um, John uh, starts chapter 4 by telling these Jesus followers that you cannot believe everything you hear. He says, we have to put what people say to the test. And, and of course, in our day, we know how important testing is, don't we? I read a report uh, where various brands of dark chocolate were tested for impurities. I I like dark chocolate, so I I wanted to read this. And they found that some brands contain higher than normal levels of lead. That doesn't sound good. Is it a concern? Maybe. I haven't stopped eating dark chocolate. (laughs) Still, testing is important. Uh, We want to know what we're eating. Does it pass the test? Let's look at verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. What does it mean when John says to test the spirits? Well, false teachers have infiltrated the Christian community, uh, John is writing to, with their so-called secret knowledge. And John's saying, well, you've got to test it. How does their knowledge stack up to the message from from John and the other apostles about about Jesus who was born, lived, died, and rose from the dead? Verse 2, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. This is the gospel. Uh, Jesus is God the Son in the flesh. He died for our sins in the flesh, He was raised from the dead in the flesh. But this group of false teachers said, well, the Messiah didn't really have a body, He was only spirit. He would never sully himself with with bodily functions. Only spirit can be pure and sinless, they said. You know, Islam is like that, in that way. Uh, Our Muslim neighbors say that God would never stoop to our level to be born in a physical body that had to urinate and defecate. God is too high and exalted and pure to lower himself to our filthy humanity. Now, in our time in Christian circles, the dangers are different. Uh, We have to watch out for different things. I think about uh, you college students, and some of you who are going to be college students before long. You may have religion professors who accept that Jesus was a historical person. But they will claim he was merely a man, no different than you or me, maybe a little more spiritually aware. And John warns his readers about these false teachers in verse 3, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You know, these false teachers have said, hey, you know, believing that Jesus came in the flesh, that isn't really what matters. What matters is is what he taught us. That's that's the only thing we have to worry about. John says, don't be fooled by their anti-Christian rhetoric. This is not from God. And I want to say how proud I am of all of you at Faith Westwood Because I know you believe in Jesus as taught in the scriptures and affirmed in our uh, official United Methodist doctrine. You believe that he was born of a Virgin Mary, that he died for our sins, that he rose from the dead, and that he will return in victory. That is what unites us. Never forget that. So here's my question. Would you be able to spot false teaching about Jesus if you heard it would you sometimes it's easy to spot I mean but other times it can be presented so cleverly and attractively it can be challenging to identify I know of a popular Christian author and speaker I've never heard her speak uh, but I know several women in our church have I've only read small portions of what she's written, but already I know that she's a highly engaging writer. But some women have raised concerns that she seems to leave out some important parts of the gospel in favor of a more self-help variety. One blogger asks the question, where's the Bible's message that we sinned against god which causes us to be separated from him where is the truth that though we deserve death we can be justified by faith in jesus and reconciled to god who then adopts us into his family now at this point i don't know who's right in that debate i've not really looked into it that much and that's why i've withheld the names Maybe the gospel of this author and speaker is perfectly sound. I don't know. But my point is that it's up to you to decide. It's up to you to test what you hear and what you read. Now, the question that John uh, wanted Jesus' people to use to, to test these Gnostic teachers was this. Has Jesus Christ come in the flesh? That was a dividing question there. And for our time, I don't don't have a real specific question like that, but I have a few general questions for you to test the spirits. As John says, to test between true and false teaching about Jesus and the gospel. What do they leave out? Where do they go too far? What do they assume? Now, it's not easy to answer those questions. And that's where we have to be like Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, which says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And that means that we have to learn together. We have to engage in healthy discussion, sometimes even friendly debate, because we're trying to get together at the truth. And that last question, What do they assume? That may be the hardest one to discern. But it may be the most important question because if they can get us to go along with their assumptions without telling us what those assumptions are, we become vulnerable to what might be a message we don't really wouldn't agree with. And then we come to one of the most encouraging statements in this letter, uh, verse 4. It says, you, dear children, are from God. And have overcome them. You have overcome these false teachers. Why? Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. John has praised him. He said, you did not fall for these anti-Christian beliefs because the spirit of God is in you. And the truth about Jesus is more powerful than the lies from the evil one. Those lies may win some battles, but truth will ultimately prevail. And at this point, I, I want to summarize the entire letter of 1 John, okay? Uh, and, and the primary question he's addressing, and I've talked about this before, is how do we know we belong to Jesus and have eternal life in him? So three things which are recurring themes in this letter I want to I lift up to you. We know we belong to Jesus when we walk in the light of God's truth. And that truth includes confessing our sins and believing the truth about who Jesus is, uh, which is taught by the apostles and confirmed by the Holy Spirit. And then we, want, we, we know we belong to Jesus when we walk in the light of God's righteousness which means we no longer live in a pattern of sin. We may sin, but we don't, that's not our aim. We don't live in the pattern of sin. We seek to do what Jesus commands and to live a Christ-like life. And the third one, we know we belong to Jesus when we walk in the light of God's love. We love because he first loved us. And we show that love to others especially to our sisters and brothers in the Lord. And that's how we know those three things. And walking in the light of God's truth, righteousness, and love gives us confidence that we belong to Jesus. You know, these three things, it reminds me of a three-legged stool. Have you ever sat on a three-legged stool? I mean, that's what they used to milk cows on, right? When you're on a a three-legged stool, it never wobbles. Did you know that? And, uh, and it takes all three. And you can identify a healthy congregation by its commitment to truth, righteousness, and love. You know, I see a lot of all three of those here at Faith Westwood. In the rest of the chapter, John comes back to the necessity of love. Let's look at verses 7 and 8. It says, Dear friends, let us what? Let us love one another for love comes from God everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God whoever does not love does not know God because God is love now notice John doesn't say that love is God he says God is love he means love is intrinsic to God's character verse 10 is another powerful verse, and I hope you'll maybe underline, well, not in your pew Bible, but in your own Bible, you know, or write it down. Uh, if If you let this verse take root in your soul, it will change your life. It says, this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, God wants you to know His love. God wants you to experience it personally. And, and uh, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've done, God wants you to be embraced by His love. And the greatest expression of God's love is when he sent Jesus. Jesus voluntarily laid down his life so that we can be forgiven. Now, what does that mean? You know, the Bible gives us various images of, to illustrate what Jesus did for us on the cross. You know, one of them is that Jesus has taken the charges against us away by nailing them to the cross. And Jesus carried our sins upon himself so they are no longer counted against us. And Jesus is the defense attorney in the court of God asking for pardon for sinners who believe in him. Now, it says there uh, about the atoning for the atonement of our sins, that English word atone brings two words together, at one. So it means that we are reconciled with God, Jesus has taken our judgment. He paid the price for our sins, and now we are at one with God. Now let's skip down to verse 17, okay? This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. And and I can just imagine this elderly apostle John then speaking in a whisper as if letting you in on a secret. He says, in this world, we are like Jesus. And the more you know Jesus and become like Jesus, the more God's love fills you and you pass that love on to others, the more you will know you are His. And you will know that you are saved by His grace. And you will have confidence about facing death, and you will have confidence about facing the day of judgment. I, I love verse 19, so poetic and perfect. We love because He first loved us. When I was a kid in Sunday school, uh, we sang songs before we went to our classes, just like our, our kids do here usually. And uh, I still remember several of the songs we sang. One of them, uh, maybe, maybe some of you know it or you heard it in Sunday school. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because He first loved me. Would you try it with me and, and as you sing it, just kind of let it melt into your soul. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus Oh. How I love Jesus Because He first loved me Let's pray Dear Father in Heaven I want to walk in the light of Your truth I want to walk in the light of Your righteousness I want to walk in the light of Your love Show me where I may be weak in one of them so I can fully walk in your light. Make me wise according to the Scriptures. Let me be led by the Holy Spirit so that I can test the spirits and recognize what is true and what is not. Lord Jesus, this is your church. Let us be a community known for truth, righteousness, and love. We pray in your name. Amen.